Um, we're going to go into the word of the Lord. It is our custom to always pray over the word of the Lord. But let me read my scripture tonight. It's taken from the book of Mark chapter 16, verse number uh, six and I believe seven. And uh, this has to do, this is in context here so that you may know where we're picking up. This is Jesus has just risen from the dead. Right. And uh, the, they're sending a message now about his resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so it says here, don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. And then verse 7 is my key scripture for tonight. But go tell his disciples and Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. He is not going ahead of you. He is is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Let us pray together today over the word of the Lord. Father, I thank you and I give you praise and honor and glory for all that you've done, all that you will do, all that you will continue to do. I just ask that you would uh, add a blessing to the reading of your word. And God, as we always ask you, not just for inspiration and information, but transformation. Because information just makes us know the knowledge. But transformation is when it's applied. And the change only comes when it's applied. We can know a thousand scriptures and they be of none effect until they are applied and believed and put into practice. And so, Father, help us to do just that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, in quarantine, there's something that came out for the sports fan that kind of held us over. And I know you're not a big, big sports fan, but you like the same sports I like. Mm -hmm. And one of the sports that we like is basketball. One of the things that I've always known and thought about even more during this quarantine was... What goes into causing you to win a game? Mm. I don't know about you, but I want to win at everything I do, right? right? I want, if, if I'm a father, I want to win at being a father. If I'm a husband, I want to win at being a husband. If I'm a businessman, I want to win at being a businessman. If I'm a pastor, I want to win at being a pastor. I don't believe that God has put us here to be second, third, or fourth best. And when I say that, I don't mean I'm competing with anybody. Mm. I'm competing with myself to be better than I was yesterday. And I want to continuously become better and better and better. And I just want to win at the game of life. Mm. How about you? Yes, absolutely. How about you? And so as I was watching this documentary that came out that solidified, once again, I kind of forgot who the man was because I was a Knicks fan. And being a Knicks fan, I hated Michael. (laughs) Not hate in the sense of animosity, but he, Michael Jordan, once he existed, you just knew if you didn't like the Bulls, you were never going to win. Period. (laughs) There was no question, no debating. You just knew you were going to lose. And for me, basketball is a sport that I love. And as I was watching the documentary, I appreciated the fact that even though it was focused on him and kind of his, his drive to win and his legacy, mm-hmm. they gave portions of every role player. Mm. And it, to me, it highlighted something that we often overlook. That in order to win, 
scoring is not the only important thing. Right, right. There are other things that is necessary in the game that if they are not done, you will lose. Right. So you can be scoring, 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 and still when you look up, taking an L in life. Mm. You say, how is that possible? Because scoring, while you're racking up numbers, you there's other things that has to happen for you to ultimately defeat your opponent. Mm. Because when you're scoring, the opponent is scoring too. Right. And so you got to learn how to bring stops mm. and how to... Sometimes give yourself a chance to score again. Mm. So I appreciate the fact that they showed all these role players. One of the role players that they focused in on was my man, Dennis Rodman. Mm. Everybody know, you know, Dennis crazy as ever with his antics. Bad boy Dennis, as they call him, right? Off the court, Dennis was a wild boy. But when Dennis got on the court, he was a monster, Mm. But what I appreciated about Dennis in this documentary is that he knew why he was there. He knew I wasn't there to score. I was there to do two things, Mm. play defense Mm. and to grab rebounds. Mm. There was one particular, I'm saying all that to get to one particular clip Mm. that rocked me. When Dennis Rodman in the documentary started talking about grabbing rebounds, Mm. it just blew my mind. The way he described it, Mm. the art of grabbing rebounds. Dennis said, I went in there and I studied the ball. I would watch it to see if it hit this side of the rim at this portion. It would bounce and go, Mm -hmm. it's going to go this way. So I knew immediately from the trajectory of the ball, it's going to go this way. I know if it did this, I knew that. And the way he did it, you know, he was talking and I, I didn't get it. I didn't get everything because, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm not Dennis Rodman. But, but it just showed that he made rebounding a science right. and became one of the greatest rebounders the game has ever seen to right. add to that team. Without the rebounds, Michael Jordan and these other boys wouldn't win because right. they needed a, a, a Dennis Rodman. Right. Before that, they had a Horace Grant whose job was pretty much the right. same. Right. And I want to focus, if I were to title my message tonight, mm. turn to your neighbor and tell them, grab the rebound. Ooh. Come on, somebody. Grab tell them, grab the rebound. Why? The rebound in the game of basketball... Mm is a very overlooked, uh, necessary, um, (laughs) you guys crazy, is an overlooked, very necessary play in basketball. Why is the rebound important? You're not going to win games if you don't have somebody who could rebound the ball. Here's what a rebound is. A rebound is whenever somebody takes a shot and that shot fails, the rebound is the, 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 the moment where a second opportunity is grabbed. Right, right. Right? And I want to say it that way. And so why are second opportunities important? Because sometimes, and not sometimes, in life, you will take shots and miss horribly. Right. You will take shots at relationships and fail. You will take shots at money managing and fail. You will take shots at careers and fail. You will take shots at ministries and fail in ministries. 
You will take shots at being a father and in moments of being a father, a parent, a mother, you will fail. Imagine I come down to court and I'm, you know, whoever, and I take a shot and that shot bounces off the rim. 50,000 people in the arena, 20, 30,000 people watching me. And in front of all of them, I have failed. But then somebody grabs the ball and then kicks it back out to me. You know what that means for me? This is a chance that I'm going to rewrite the entire story. Right. Now, I take the second shot and I make it and the story says, rich is clutch. Mm. But what they don't see is that if somebody never grabbed the rebound, right. I would have gone down yeah. in history as rich is not clutch. Right. Rich failed. Right. And in life, I want you to know that God gives you opportunities to grab the rebound and go back in the game and take another shot to win. Amen. And this is very important because if all you're focusing on is hitting that shot, when failure hits, you're going to quit. Some people, some people are ready to quit on life because of a moment that happened. Mm. Some people don't even want to date again because of a past hurt. Right. Some people, uh, 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 they don't even want to try at their dreams because of a past failure. Mm. Yeah. They don't want to do these things because of something that has happened right. yeah. and in front of everybody you failed miserably. Mm. Sometimes it's not even something you did, something that happened to you. You know, things happen to you. I remember LeBron James playing in the finals against the Golden State Warriors and uh, uh, J.R. Smith, instead of putting the ball back up, ran around the court and LeBron was looking like, what are you doing? LeBron didn't do anything. Something happened to him and all of a sudden the world you know, yeah. is looking at him like, oh, you're, you're not Jordan. You're not yeah. this. You'll never win. Look, you can't win. He didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in life, you don't even do anything. It's just the people you connected to. That's why you got to be careful who you connected to because who you connected to could, could gift wrap you a L. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be sitting there like, why am I holding yeah. this dude? Because he's on your team. Mm -hmm. Watch who is on your team. Te I'm all yeah. bored. Yeah. And so I want you to know that if you've ever failed in life, we serve a God who is the greatest rebounder. Yes. God just somehow, whenever we fail, take, I mean, the cross was the greatest yes. rebound grabbing ever for humanity. Yes. Humanity ate the apple and failed. Yes. God went on the cross and grabbed the rebound and handed the rock back to us and said, yes. here you go. Now yes. I've given you keys. Yes. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be. There's power and there's yes. no, no power in the grave. There's power. Oh, Y'all ain't yes. hearing what I'm. You, yes. you know what I'm the Lord Jesus took the rebound and said, here goes another chance. Mm. I'm thankful because in all honesty, God could have crushed the earth. Yeah. I mean, he, he almost did it several times. He almost did it with Noah. Mm -hmm. But instead, he threw a rebound in the ark to Noah yes. and said, all right, let me see what you do with it. Mm. 
And this times after times that this world, one time he went to Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, I'm about to rain down on the, he could do that to the whole world. He threw a rebound to Lot. And that's the type of God we serve. And I could go on and on and show you how men of God failed in the Bible. But there's one that I want to focus in on for about five minutes and I'm done. His name is Peter. Peter is one of my favorite disciples. Peter, I could relate to. Why I can relate to Peter is, is facts. I don't say that just because it's Peter. But Peter was a rash person. He spoke first and then figured out later what he said. Mm. He did first and then realized that sometimes his mouth speaks bigger than he can cash. Mm. I don't know if you're like that. Yeah. Sometimes I get myself into trouble because I talk and then think about it after. <laughs> and my wife being married to her has taught me to shut my mouth. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm still learning. After 20 years, I still don't know how to do it. But... Peter was like that. And some examples of Peter. Peter was the guy who rolled with Jesus. And at one point, Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And they said, some said you're a prophet. Some said you're Elias. Some said this, that, that. And Jesus stopped them and said, well, who do you say that I am? Because it doesn't matter what people say he mm. is. It matters what you think he is. Right. So he asked the disciples, Forget about the, 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 the opinions of men about me. Forget what CNN says about me. Forget what the History Channel documentary said about me. Forget what the professor said in school about me. Forget about, because all of them are, they don't know me. You know me. And if you don't know Jesus, stop looking at those things to tell you who Jesus is. Get you a Bible and read the book that is written about him. All right? Don't read books that are about the book that is about him. Read the book that is about him. And so, so he said, forget what everybody said. Who do you say I am? And out of all the disciples, Peter got a revelation. See, he was connected to God, but at the same time, his humanity often got in the way. And oftentimes, I don't know if you ever feel like that. I mean, there are days you are in love with Jesus. Right. I mean, you, you are on fire for the Lord, but then there's some days depression hits you. You just like something that slapped me so hard <laughs> yeah. that you don't know what to do tomorrow. Mm. I'm like that. And so here was Peter getting this revelation. He said, he said, you know, this is, this is it, man. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Mm. Jesus turns and compliments him. You know, imagine how Peter felt among the disciples. He said, Peter? Flesh and blood has not revealed mm -hmm. this to you, but my father in heaven showed you. Peter's like, yeah, super Christian, show y'all. <laughs> I'm no, the Lord approves of me. I got favor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Couple blocks down, Jesus is, is trying to see if he understands the revelation. Because sometimes you could get a revelation, but not really build on it yet. Mm. Right? Yeah. I mean, Jesus said, you are the rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. In other words, what you just been revealed is exactly what I'm going to use to build a church. The fact that I'm the Christ. The church is built on the chief cornerstone, the Christ. Right. And when he got that revelation, he said, you are the rock, man. And upon this rock, you, Peter, I'm going to build a church. Mm -hmm. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Mm -hmm. And so Peter was given a promise that he's going to be the man that would proclaim this revelation of the Christ. Mm -hmm. So he's supposed to know the Christ and understand the life of the Christ. And so the Christ was with him and the Christ begins to, uh, the anointed Jesus, the Messiah, begun to reveal to him what must happen to the Christ. Same conversation, nothing transpired different. 
About four verses later, Jesus said, uh, upon this rock, I will build my church. And then he says, you know, the son of man must be taken and crucified and killed. Peter said, excuse me, fellas. <laughs> I don't know what gives you the tenacity to pull Jesus to the side and have a say. This, literally, this is what Jesus did. Uh, Peter did. Peter said, Jesus, can I? Let me let me highlight you for Jesus. I'm going to need a word with you, Jesus. Jesus comes over and Peter says, yo, man, I don't think you know who you're rolling with, but my name Peter, bro. You know, when you met me, I had swords and I know how to use them things. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I didn't I didn't go to theology. Remember, you didn't we didn't meet in the synagogue in the seminary. We met by, you know, by the boat. By where, you know, we was hustling fish. You know, you know how that go. And I had my, 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 you know, so don't worry about it. Don't talk that talk, Jesus. Ain't nobody going to kill you as long as I'm around. And the same man who Jesus just said, flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, turned to him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Because now the same man who was saying you're the Christ has now failed him in his flesh and said, but the Christ won't die. Mm. Well, he can't be the Christ if he doesn't die. Right. And that was in direct contrast or in contradiction to the purpose of Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus had to stop him. And that little moment is a glimpse of Peter's entire life. Mm. Taking a shot, hitting the, the rock, and then all of a sudden, his next shot, bang, brick, New York Knicks. <laughs> Peter could have played for the Knicks. <laughs> I know a lot of people going off in the chat room right now, but it's true as facts. He's, he could play every position on the Knicks. Matter of fact, I think Spike Lee is Peter. Um, but, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, that was the picture of his whole life. And I don't know if you could relate, man, but I could relate to that. Yeah. There are days that I experience such great triumphs. Mm -hmm. And then there are days of failure that rocks me. I want you to know that you are not failure right. and failure can be viewed as finality. Failure can be internalized as something bad. But the truth is failure is actually good mm. because failure, it either fixes character, right. shows you what wrong you were doing, mm. highlights to you how harder to work mm. or you know, shows you many things about yourself. And in life, you really don't need to hit every shot. You just need to hit the right shots. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, I, as a husband, I don't, my wife would love if I was a chef, if I did the laundry, if I did all the dishes, if I go out there and fight coronavirus. I got a C on my chest for Corona Killer. <laughs> my wife, wouldn't you love that? All right, let me get a pass. I, I'm home free to be lazy. Now, I know you would like that, but in all honesty, I don't need to hit everything. I just need to hit the main things. Mm. To be a father, to be there for you, to be an example to the kids, to be uh, whatever the Lord desired me to be spiritually, to mm. be in your life, mm. to be there with you. Mm. 
through thick and thin to show you I love you mm-hmm. when you do have beef with me to be, I, you know, it's not, you are going to have beef with me and mm-hmm. I am going to fail. But how I approach that mm-hmm. is what really will change your perspective of if right. you want to keep living with me. Right. If you showed me something wrong and instead of me seeing my failure as a chance to improve, I come to you and say, well, you, you know, and this is why I'm going to get somebody marriage help. You come and point out to me, hey, Rich, you done ate the dish and left the dish in there. And then I turn to you and say, well, you got your socks up in the room on the ground. Mm. Instead of me looking at what you're correcting me about, I become defensive and point out your flaws. And if all we do is point Mm. out each other's flaws and nobody ever stops to take correction. Mm. Now, the thing is, when you point out my flaw, I stop and correct me. But at some point, you got to stop and correct you. And what most people do is just brush off when failure or things that they are doing is wrong. Mm. That's why the best marriage advice I could give anybody is stop working on the other person. If both of you work on each other, then they'll get the best of you every time you come together. But if you're just working on them, why did you marry a project? You know, projects are hard. (laughs) Put it in the water, put it in the water. (laughs) And so Peter was somebody who was like, his life was constantly, but he just needed to, he hit some big shots, but right after he would mess up. And in life, all you need is the right shot. Michael Jordan said, I've missed more than I probably hit the game-winning shot. You know, I could go down the line. Read Abraham Lincoln's story of how many times he ran for public office and failed and failed. I mean, uh, 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 but then it was his last time of trying that he succeeded and became president. Right? You, you read stories of Walt Disney, yeah. men that have shaped society, and see how many times they failed. failed. Yeah. You know, um, and, 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 and the more and more you read these success stories, behind them you see tremendous failures. Oh, yeah. But you don't ever know their failure. Most people don't even know that Disney's first character was not a mouse. Mm. And... His first character, he, I mean, imagine you create a whole character and somebody steals the whole thing from you. I would feel like giving up too. But behind that, failure is a chance for a comeback. Yeah. And Peter had those moments. He had another moment like that when they were at the Last Supper as we know it. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, one of you will betray me. And here comes Peter. <laughs> betray Jesus, I'm going to need a word with you. <laughs> I don't know why you keep talking about this betrayal talk, but I'm from the streets, B. We loyal. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we loyal, man. We, you know what I mean? We boys. You know? So I will die. I'll take a bullet for you, Jesus. Have you ever said that to the Lord? Not necessarily take a bullet, but you said, Lord, never turn my back on you. First person you dated, you, never Mm -hmm. mind. First chance you get to, you, and and what you did during quarantine, Mm. instead of you praying, Mm. old habits still. Mm. Hallelujah. These are, you know, things. And that's Peter. Peter said, I'll, and then Jesus said, slow down, bro. The chicken going to crow. 
and you're going to deny me three, not not, not one. Mm. Y'all remember when LeBron went to um oh. uh, Miami? He said, yeah. not one. He stopped at two, <laughs> but Jesus told Peter three. <laughs> Jordan got that. No, don't mean to offend LeBron fans. That's what he, Jesus told him. Jesus said three times, you're going to deny me. And Peter looked at him like he crazy. He said, never. Scene plays out. They come to arrest Jesus in the garden. Peter there. Peter whips out the sword. Ah, I'm going to show him. Cuts a man's ear off. Jesus takes the ear because he basically was telling Peter, you can't stop the death. He puts the ear back on, turns to Peter and says, if you live by the sword, you're going to, the sword, if, if you, if you keep trying to do kingdom business by flesh, if you keep trying to live out the revelation through your strength and not let me be God, you're going to Die by that. Mm. And so he said, man, if you keep trying to do kingdom the way you used to live, mm. you're going to die. So, so they all started following Jesus as he was arrested from a distance. They get to the courtyard now. They persecuting Jesus. They spitting on him, smacking him, accusing him, lying. This is going on all night till into the morning. And the Bible says that Peter's on the outer side of the court and the little girl's there, the other people are there and they say, weren't you with him? And Peter starts calling down and, 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 and the Bible says he started calling down curses. Mm. And he, didn't, he didn't use profanity, but he called down like curses mm. upon them. May, in, in other words, he started swearing by the heavens, may God kill me if I ever said I was with this man. Mm. That's the, he was swearing by the master that he wasn't with the master. He was calling down curses, mm. right? And telling them, I was never with Jesus. And the Bible says this, read it for yourself, that at the last time he denied knowing Jesus, Jesus turned from where he was and his eyes locked eyes with Peter. Mm. Can you imagine that? In that moment, the guilt and the shame he felt to see the master being spit upon, smacked, accused, being ridiculed, and while he's being slapped, he turns and he looks outside at Peter. And Peter looks, and all you hear, I could imagine how silent it got. Mm -hmm. And the sound of the crowing of the chicken just mm -hmm. ricochets and reverberates all over him. And that sound became... The sound of failure. Mm. And Peter, at this point, didn't know what to do with himself. But when I tell you we serve a God who is the greatest rebound getter, Amen. your friends might give up on you. Yeah. Your church family might give up on you. Mm. Everybody might give up on you. Yeah. But there's a God. Yes. Who, now, his disciplinary is tough. But he still keeps coming. Right. He keeps coming. He keeps coming. And that's why we read the scripture we read. When they went to the grave in Mark 16, 7, they said, you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, but he's risen. Mm. Now go and tell his disciples. How many disciples did Jesus have, Sister Sherry? Twelve. Mm -hmm. Who was included in the twelve? Mm -hmm. Peter. So... 
phonetically, articulatively, these are Bob Ross words here, <laughs> or, or Rob Boss words. When you said, go tell the disciples, that already encompassed Peter. But the scripture doesn't say that. It says, go tell the disciples and Peter. Why did the, why did the God of the universe take its time to say that? Because at that moment, Peter is not feeling too much like a disciple. He's feeling like a betrayer. He's wrestling with guilt. And God knows when you fail, the feelings of failure. And he's so caring that he takes time to single out Peter. Make sure you tell the disciples that I'm risen. And when that comes Knowing that I'm still alive can bring guilt to another guy because this guy knows the last time he faced me, he was denying me. But make sure you tell him in specific that I've been risen and I'm looking for him too. That he is welcome to come and examine this tomb. That I'll never shun him. That's the God we serve. He's the God of second, third, Four, fifth. Yes. By the time you get to the New Testament, mm-hmm. uh, by the time you get to the end of the story, Peter's there fishing and he sees Jesus again and he only recognizes when Jesus begins to break the bread mm-hmm. and then he says, oh, this is the master. And then the master says, Peter, do you love me? Here goes the rash Peter, but he learned the lesson now. He said, uh, of course I love you. Too. And then Jesus said, do you love me? And then the third time he said, you know what? I get it. I'm always dependent on me. Then he says, Lord, you know, you really got the answer to that. And then he said, good, feed my sheep. The failures taught him so that when the day of Pentecost came, the denier became the first preacher of the church. You see, Jesus' word will come to pass. Whatever he's spoken, he's able to perform it. I know I went way past an hour getting ready to close. He told Peter, you're going to be the person I build a church on. Mm. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell and they said, these men are drunk. This is happening. The disciple that stood up and preached the first message Mm. was Peter. He went from failure to God grabbing a rebound, handing it to him. Mm. God... Is not going to let you live in failure. Right. And that's why I want you to know it is not just the shots that's going to help you win the game. Mm. It's the other little things. Yeah. Grab the rebound. Yes. Grab it and go again mm. and win at the game of life. Yes. If you're a father, go back and win. Yeah. You're a mother, go back and win. Yeah. You, you, whatever it is God has put your hands to do in life, and there's so many things, go and win. Mm-hmm. Go and win. Yeah. Let's pray. Yeah. If you don't know Jesus, ask him into your heart right now. Pray with me, Sister Sherry. Yeah. Somebody say, Father God, Father God I, ask I ask you to come into my heart come into my and heart forgive me of all sin. And forgive me of all sin. God, God I've, had failure moments. I've had failure moments. You know my flaws. You know my flaws. You know my character. You know my character. But God... 
But God, you're the God of the rebound. You're the God of the rebound. And God, and God you, will allow me you will allow me at another shot. To have another shot. And I confess, and I confess that, you are Lord, that you are Lord. And you are Savior. And, you are Savior. and, on, this, and on this, I build my life. I build my life. I pray, I pray that your word, that your word would find its way, find its into, way my heart. into my heart. Help me to love you. Help me to love Fill you. me, Fill me with, the power with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that, I may live for you. that I may live for you. Thank you for rising, Thank you for rising from, the dead from the dead for me. For me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you said that prayer, we want to welcome you into the family of God. Amen. And let us know that you said that prayer. Send us an email at churchcityusa at gmail.com. Thank you for watching once again. We pray blessings on you and your family. And we're doing a tremendous work here in New York City. We believe the Lord has called us here. It cost us. We are grateful for everyone that sows into our ministry. And if you're watching and you feel led to sow, you can go to churchcityusa.com. You can sow into our ministry. Hey, listen, every bit help. It doesn't matter how big or small. We bless God for you. And uh, we love you. And we want to continue to do the work of the ministry. Thank you. This is your boy, and I'm out.